It, well, if the state says they're married, are they married? It's a different animal. Well, let's talk. All right, let's I'm, talk. Rec- let's I'm talk. recording. Let's go. Let's All right, here it. we go. This is gonna be this is gonna be like the freshest one we've ever done. Right yeah. Here. So- <laughs> the four horsemen. What you have here is the four horsemen united, live and exciting color. Um, not those four horsemen. These four horsemen discuss theology from different viewpoints, different perspectives, as we show people how to have discussions without turning into a keyboard warrior. Are you stupid? Now, here's Dennis Thurman, Adam Black, Benjamin Kerfman, and Derek McCarson, the Four Horsemen. Fresh off the fresh out of the oven. So, welcome to the Four Horsemen podcast as uh, we continue on in the discussion of the family and tonight this this episode we're going to be talking about something that we all hope never occurs uh, within a family. And that is the topic of divorce. Uh, We know that in Malachi 2.16 that God says, I hate divorce. And so what we want to discuss tonight uh, is divorce. Um, And I want to begin this discussion uh, with uh, what a lot of people may or may not know. Um, Can, let's ask this question to begin with, can Christians get divorced? Yes, under certain parameters. And what would those biblical parameters be? My, my understanding would be the, the initial one uh, is that if the one flesh covenant has been violated uh, through uh, adultery, there is permission, uh, not a requirement. And that's but, a key. <laughs> yes, it is a key. But but would be permitted uh, to be divorced. Um, and then Paul, I think, adds to that in the New Testament because you've got a new situation that's arisen, uh, the abandonment of uh, a person by an unbeliever. And again, if the unbeliever and the believer will stay together, then they should. But if the unbeliever departs, then I think the uh, Paul's words is, is you're not bound. And, and so I think in those particular uh, issues, uh, to me, the scripture's fairly clear-cut about that. And then what you get into, what I'd throw back to you is, well, just if they get divorced, then is remarriage permissible? Because that might be a, a different... Well, let's let's talk about maybe even another possibility, abuse. Yeah, that's what I was What if you've got out. a woman who's basically being, you know, a punching bag for a guy? Maybe not even that. Maybe it's emotional and verbal, mental abuse, and she's just... Or the other way around. There are men that get abused. Too. Okay. Abuse. Well, uh, could that factor under abandonment? Aren't you being abandoned? Yeah, the abandonment topic. I was just maybe not the same. It's in First Corinthians seven fifteen. But the the abandonment, the way I've always viewed it, and and maybe this is y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a abandonment in general, whether it be a believer or an unbeliever. Paul talks about an unbeliever, but like if my wife were to leave me. That right. might be an indication that she is an unbeliever. Exactly. That's where church discipline comes in to bring them, once they go through that process, that they're right. declared as a publican and a sinner. So at that point, it would have been an unbeliever abandoning them. Right. right. So, so what, what I'd say to Derek and to you in those scenarios is that, uh, that God has ordained uh, the church and its discipline uh, to work in those situations like there's abuse. You don't run to the court immediately to get a divorce, uh, but you appeal to the church 
uh, separate, get you know, get safe, get in a safe place, no, no question about it. But let the church process unwind. And then if in that discipline there's no repentance, and I'm talking about genuine repentance, not just, well, I'm sorry, then they go back and do the same thing. But if there's genuine repentance, then that marriage can be saved. But if there's not, then they're declared as a sinner, and basically then they've abandoned okay. the, the believer. And al- along with that, God has ordained government to protect <laughs> people. And so there's nothing wrong. Let's say a guy beats his wife, okay, church member, professes to be a Christian, beats his wife. There's nothing wrong with her calling up the sheriff and saying, lock him up. You know, this is what he's done. And the church should support that. Right. Now, will that ultimately lead to divorce? Possibly. But then that's where you get into the discipline thing as well. Well, let's let's go there since that's the segue. And this has kind of been the topic of our discussion off the air, if you will. But what is the church's role in divorce? What would you guys say the church's role in divorce should be? Should the church ever advise to divorce? What do you mean by the church? You have to define what you what you your mean. local church. No, you're saying the members of the church. Yeah. What? Well, yes. Because yes. it depends on who controls membership in the church. In some churches, the members don't control membership. You see what I mean? Like the way that your church is governed. But yeah, but let's I mean, just talk about a, a, yeah. a biblical yeah. membership. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, what should the the church's role in divorce be? Should a should the church ever advise on divorce? Well, yeah. let me ask you this: Have any of you guys ever advised for divorce? Never. I, I've no, always I advocated for reconciliation. Yes. Okay. Divorce yeah. is only a, a last resort when there are biblical grounds. But to you've never, you've never said this is. God last wants resort. you to be happy. Yeah, go ahead. This and is the last resort. No, no. So my question is, what what is the role of the church in divorce? The role, of the, I think, that depends on the specific situation because there's there's different reasons that people get divorced in different situations. For instance, uh, say you've got a couple in the church, uh, they get, they get a divorce for a biblical reason. Let's say the guy's unfaithful. They get a divorce. He takes off basically evidences the fact that he's not a Christian. Biblically, I would consider that woman to be essentially a spiritual widow and her children would be spiritually orphans. And so in that sense, the church's responsibility would, would be to basically stand in the gap and care for that family in a special way to make sure that, the, that their needs were being met and that kind of thing. That's one situation. That's completely different from a situation where you have like domestic violence. Well, let's, let's back up, let's back up else. real quick on what you just said though. You said you would consider her a spiritual widow, right? So right. does the church declare the divorce? I'm not sure I understand what you mean. You said, you said that you viewed her as a spiritual widow. I, I think the church. When, when does that when is that line drawn? They, they declare the freedom of that individual to pursue divorce if that's their their I, choice. I think the church has the right to make a a uh, judgment, a moral judgment. Yeah, uh, like for instance, well, there's pe- there's people in our congregation that are divorced that we have no problem telling the congregation we think that they had biblical grounds for a divorce when they did that and that they're a member in good standing and we think that they're right with God. Like, we don't have a problem making a moral judgment about that. Or likewise, in in another way, we might say this person got divorced and they really didn't have a good reason for doing it and they're in sin. Right. And so the church can make the determination about that, but as far as in God's eyes, whether they're 
divorced or not. I I don't think the church really has the authority to make those kind of decisions. Okay. So in 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 this instance do you do you think well you just said you don't think the church has a role in it. So who is it just, do you believe that the divorce is only settled in heaven? Like we don't know if they're truly divorced. Well, when you talk about divorce and marriage, you're talking about specific parties that are involved. So, for instance, the church, the church as a body of believers, is not a party in the covenant of marriage, other than the fact that they're being witnesses to hold it accountable. But they don't, they don't decide whether the people are married or not. That's the decision between those two people entering a covenant with God and each other when they do that. And so, if that covenant's broken, that covenant's broken between those two people and God but not necessarily between them and the church. But then why do we have witnesses in, in this public setting in a, in a wedding takes place? Yes. And that, and that church is saying when that's happening there, that we are endorsing this as a biblical marriage. And so if you flip it around, it's, it's the old thing there when you're studying there in Matthew uh, 18 uh, and about the keys of the kingdom and so forth, that you, you're looking at, what has been bound on earth is having been bound in heaven. What's loosed on earth has been loosed in heaven. Well, who does the binding and the loosing as far as the manifestation of God's decree? That's the church meeting together mm-hmm. with Christ in our midst to guide us. And so to me, there's the authority that comes, just like the authority of the witnesses signing the document and testifying this, we endorse this that when it's on the opposite direction, we've got to hold those people accountable with the hope that through discipline that reconciliation can happen. So so in that case, what you're saying, Adam, is is does the church does the is the church the ones that make a statement of these people are married or they are not married? Correct. Because because you know where this is ultimately going, then what's the role of the government in the divorce? Because I think you would say nothing, correct? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but the role of government, as far as the legal status, yes. Yeah, spiritually, no. I don't think the government has any bearing on it. Okay, so from a some some so from a spiritual standpoint, let's let's play out this scenario. Okay, guy cheats on wife. Okay, they separate. They pursue divorce. There's not reconciliation because because of what we talked about the spiritual side. The wife then thinks, I'm free. The covenant has been broken. I'm no longer in this covenant with that man and God. I can now date somebody else. You're saying that that's a case of abandonment on his Either part. way. I mean, there was adultery and abandonment. I, I'm, I'm saying, I think if, if a church member's pastors are looking at that situation and they're trying to discern with scripture and the person has a, bibli- a clear biblical reason for why that marriage covenant is broken, then yeah, I think they are free to remarry. If there's a biblical reason for it, besides I just don't feel married anymore. But but the danger is, and, and Paul you know deals with this in First Corinthians, where you know the culture was invading the church and corrupting it. That only in the Lord, he says, you know, several times in there that, that that's the thing that's stressed. Like even a widow, a widow might be free to to marry again. We know that's that's pretty clear. I don't think any of us here would say about a widow you know, whose husband died or widower that they wouldn't be free to remarry, but only in the Lord. That is, it's got to be according to, to scripture. 
the person's got to be a believer, committed. The church has to endorse it and so forth. So so I think there's that role of the church uh, involved in this. And, uh, you know, uh, we provide the ultimate illustration, like we've said in a previous so, broadcast. So are people going to the justice of the peace really getting married in that case? Because the church isn't present there. Are you sure? If two or more are gathered in his name. Well, did, the, the, did the parties entering the covenant count? Well, they should, but then you all, you, you're not you're not going to do it without witnesses, right? I mean, that's that's yeah. I think that's even a legal thing in justice of the peace. I'm just so, saying, there's people who get married all the time that don't have, right, right? You know, like are unbelievers really married? I would say no, but that's that's another okay. that's for another. So, I, so in that case, you would make the argument that only Christians can get divorced. Well, they're the only ones that can get married. I mean, right. from See, a from a spiritual. Right. I would disagree. From a spiritual, <laughs> from a spiritual realm. So what you're saying yeah. is divorce is only for Christians. Yeah, I'd say so. Because there there are things, uh, the grace of God, common grace, uh, that's in operation uh, in in this world to help preserve order. So you're society. saying lost people is like a blind squirrel finding a nut. You, you can't you can't have <laughs> they still get it right sometimes yes you cannot have a civil society without a fundamental bedrock of of the home and family and marriage that's the grand experiment we're on right now yeah, in america yeah. seeing if we can change that well we're going to see that's just obliterated and and so, and so i think yes preferably uh well it, okay i'll throw this out to you so, so you and your wife got married, and you're both unbelievers, and uh, so you're hitched. And later on, you go to a church meeting, and you get saved, both of you. Are you are you going to need to get remarried for it to be a real legit marriage? I would say yes, probably. No, I don't. Think, I don't and think I, so. Here's, I, I agree with you, Dennis. Okay. I think I think okay. it is a common grace. Okay. Here's where I would say because there's, I have there's, a convert. One, convert, but there's so. but there's not there's not a covenant. <laughs> I see with, that hand. There's not a covenant with God. Now I understand you would probably make the argument that marriage is a God thing, but I'm saying society is trying to or to you know. So like lost people are still made in the image of God because that's something God did. So yes. lost married people are still making the image of the marriage of Christ and the church. It can still be reproduced. But would though, you, but would you guys marry non-believers? I think if they were, I think if they were, uh, so no, why not? No, I would not, <laughs> no. but I would counsel with them and I've done that right. before. But why wouldn't you? Well, the Since reason I would is because, well, because again, you're wanting that sometimes they might be two believers. I wouldn't do the wedding, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> because true. they're not equipped, as I understand it, to make it work. There's just a bunch of stuff that's gonna. You can be. I think you can be believers and still be unequally yoked. Yeah, yeah, and 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 so what I'm saying with those folks, even though they're not going to be unequally yoked in the sense that they both are lost people, they don't have all the tools. And, and here's how I say it: as as a pastor. When people ask me, can you do our wedding? I say, absolutely not. I don't do weddings. And then they like, you know. And, and then I go on to explain, I believe God's called me to help establish Christian homes. And if you are interested in that, then I'll be glad to meet with you and we can talk about that. If you don't want that, then that's that's what I do. So so I said, and I say, you can go to Justice of the Peace. You can find somebody to do a wedding. I said, I don't do weddings. Right. Well, and that's what I would say is in the sense of, what they think that they're doing is different than what I'm doing. Right. Like, like I did a wedding recently and it was 
you know, it was a secret wedding and that kind of stuff because of the circumstances that were going on. You're letting it. the cat out of the bag right but, now. Uh, <laughs> no. But, but, but I had an extended conversation request. about the gospel and, and where this couple was at spiritually and that kind of thing. And after all of that, you know, I felt comfortable, you know, uh, performing that because I had clearly explained to them that what we're doing is a picture of Christ in the church and you need to understand that and you need to be committed uh, to living that out in your relationship and all that kind of stuff. And so in that premarital counseling piece, the fact is some lost people wouldn't want me to marry them anyways, right? because I'm just going to be like, listen, this ceremony isn't really even about you. It's about Jesus. You're going to be preaching the gospel. Exactly. But help me understand Mm -hmm. and, and help me understand though. You believe they're married even if they're unbelievers, mm-hmm. but you wouldn't do it. Yes. That makes sense. Why not? Do, do you find any commandment that you are required to do a wedding? Well, I, again, I don't believe unbelievers are not are married because I don't believe God's in that covenant with them. I, I know. I'm not, but because I'm not they're making that. that covenant with God. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like if, if, if that scenario played out, or if me and my wife were married, we weren't saved. Then we go to revival and get saved. Then I would understand exactly what marriage is. And then I would probably not, I wouldn't put on a big ceremony, but I might do like a renewing of the vows, but an actual, you know, between sure. me, her and I, God. Yeah, I can There's understand nothing wrong like with that, that, but I don't yeah. think that changes where you're at in God's eyes. Yeah. I don't, I don't what think. What do you think, Derek? And, and less, unless you're one of those couples that's just like, you know, we just feel married and you're living together, but you don't actually see yourself as married or identify as married or anything like that, then that's, if there's never been an actual covenant, that's different. Well, that's what I'm saying. The, the covenant's not there. But but I, I think that there's unbelievers there that make be. a real covenant, though. They, it can be, but only when they're, <laughs> when they come to know Christ. No, I mean, there's, there's plenty of lost people that are married their entire lives and are faithful to each other. Yes. And, and, may, di- and then they even, die and go to hell. And maybe but. even dim- and they might even demonstrate a a better quote marriage and relationship than some people sitting in the church. Yeah, they receive their reward in this life. The rain falls on the just and we'll the unjust. Yes. We'll have to agree to disagree. Yeah, yeah common agree. grace. That's a good verse for Thank that. Yeah, but, uh, what do you think, Derek? No, I'm I'm been watching this ping pong match go back and forth over here and really enjoying it all, kind of soaking it in. <laughs> But um, no, I, I'm definitely on board with the, the common grace side of things. I can see. But you, you know, wouldn't marry non-believers, even though they're married. Um, if if two, I've had this happen so many times. People have called me, and be like, "Are right, you the pastor down there at Liberty?" <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> they all well, sound at least like I that. was last Sunday. <laughs> well, you know, uh, me and my lady here, we we we're looking for somebody to marry us. Well, sir, um, how much I, do you charge? Can you, yeah, <laughs> right. can we use your building? Would you be willing to do it? That kind of thing, and and then I have to have that same discussion that Dennis brought up. Listen, if you're looking for somebody just to, you know, go through the motions with you, I'm not your guy. I said, right. I said because you can you can need to come in and we need to have a conversation for about six weeks about what biblical marriage right. is. <laughs> I'm going to get in your grill. I'm going to get Click. in her grill. Yeah, we're going to talk about biblical things and we're going to talk about the gospel. And uh, probably some stuff that's going to make you uncomfortable. If you're willing to do that, then right. we can talk. And most of the time, it's uh no, I think we'll just go on down to the courthouse, or we'll go find some other pastor who right. doesn't care, and we'll do it. Yeah, Universal Life Church will give you ordination online for twenty dollars. <laughs> not that not that I've ever looked at it. You but. can open up the business. But on the same token, I have married people 
who even maybe after the ceremony and during I was like I I don't feel it feel really great about this they gave me all the right answers they went through the counseling and yet a year or two later man the whole thing was blown up but they gave me all the christian answers they went they went through the motions and We'll see so I've here, been on both I'll, sides I'll, of it. Uh, I'll make all the Dispies' heads explode that are listening to this. So I wouldn't even uh, do a wedding for two Jewish people for the same reason I wouldn't do a wedding for two unbelievers because they're not Christians. Why would that make a Dispies' head explode? I don't know. John Hagee wouldn't like that. Well, but. John John Hagee is <laughs> a different. That doesn't make any. Matter. It still doesn't make sense. Why wouldn't you do it if it's it's if it if you believe Be, that because, it's from God? Then why wouldn't because you do here it? here's the thing. The so, reason I wouldn't do it is because I don't believe it's marriage. You have to think about what a pastor is doing. Okay, so a pastor is is a it, for one, he's a representative of a local church, and so re- by representing that local church. It's on the authority of God and also that local church that has ordained him and, and selected him that he exercises things. So, for instance, even the wedding that I did, I did that with the other pastors of the church knowing about it and other people knowing about it so that I'm not just willy-nilly like, well, the state said I can marry and bury people, so I'm just out there, you know, got this side hustle doing weddings for $100 a week or whatever. <laughs> Wedding chapel. Be- and the reason why is because there, there's a certain uh, level of accountability that I have to my local church of if these people would not like this wedding to happen, then I'm representing them. And then also, you're when you when you do that wedding, you're doing it by the power vested in you by God and the state of North Carolina. Well, if I'm just marrying them by the power of the state of North Carolina, it doesn't matter. But if I'm marrying them on the authority of God, then I have to assume that God wants them to be married as they are. And I don't think that he does want them to be married as they are. I think he wants them to repent and turn to him and then get married. And so if they refuse to do that, then I'm not going to to, uh, uh, endorse their rebellion by, by marrying them when I've told them you but need they're to know married. what the gospel is. But they're married. In God's eyes, yeah. Now there See, are some, <laughs> there are some Christian people who are married, but yet when you actually get into their lives and get into what they're dealing with, there, I mean, it's it's hell on earth. It, it's it's not a marriage at yeah, all. It's or, or they're, they're two strangers living under the same roof. Exactly. Yeah. I well, mean, so you, yeah. that kind of goes along with what you're saying, and and I've I've seen that as well. I mean, every pastor has dealt with counseling issues where there's marital trouble and. Yeah, they've got the piece of paper, and yeah, they say they're believers and, and all that, but, man, there's no fruit. There is no evidence at all that there's love there. So let, let's let's get back to the divorce thing, um, and the, because I want to get Dennis hit on it. We kind of we touched it, but let's go around the table real quick. When do you think a, a divorce is final? When can someone remarry? When is a divorce final? Let's let's start there. When is a divorce final? Depends on the situation. Well, go for it. The way I understand it, being a uh, pastor here in the state of North Carolina, uh, when the state says whatever the term may be, is it maybe a year? I guess year. When that year is complete and they've gone through all the steps and reconciliation is impossible, uh, then I would say it's it's final. Okay, when the state. Okay, when the state yeah. says. I think it depends on the situation. You know, if somebody's spouse dies, that's pretty much the end of it. Um, if they... That's not divorce. divorce. 
Yeah, but I'm saying that it seems the scripture does. Seem We're to talking indicate... divo- like divorce, adultery, divorce. Right. When, when would but it I'm be saying finalized? there's some scripture that indicates that in certain cases of adultery, even that someone should still not remarry. And that's fine. When is the divorce final? I think I think it depends on that individual person's situation. So you that's you... situational ethics. That's subjectivism. What's the matter with you? That is true. Smack, reach over and smack <laughs> Well, it's not subject. It's not subjectivism. It's a matter of I just like I know a lot of divorced. You did. People, you said it depends on the individual. But I'm saying I know a lot of divorced people. But the facts of their situation is going to be clear. I don't think. I mean, so if the government stops issuing certificates of divorce, does divorce not exist anymore? No. No. Okay. So but, then, but that's so then not that's the not a good enough we answer for me. Now. Yeah, but but, give but me that's subjective because then you're is. saying that that no. the law determines what is and isn't the. But here, but answer the question. You say it depends, who, but who what, established the government? But what? <laughs> but, yeah, but who, who established the legislation? Your local representatives. Yes, and <laughs> and they'll change again in God, a couple of years. Unless we'll get to you in a minute, Derek. We'll get to you in a minute, Derek. So Ben, when when would you you say it depends? So what scenario? The scenario depend. Okay, the 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 divorce is final. This is the situation. When does that happen? You say it varies, but what would That's it what vary said. on? That's what I'm trying. I'm trying to understand. Like for instance, you could make an argument that like when that person commits adultery, that they have broken the covenant at that point. That they're divorced at that point. Okay, so they you have broken the covenant at, at, at the, agree at with the that. point right. of sin that they've actually broken the covenant at the point of sin. Okay, before so, it's even confessed. So you think at that point the covenant, the the moment of sin, well, not the moment. I shouldn't say that, but you think it's when that the adultery or the abandonment. Of course, the abandonment's a little tricky. At the same time, I'm not sure because I think if somebody's unfaithful and that marriage is restored, I don't think that requires a reconstitution. Well, I understand. I'm saying the divorce. You would say they have the right. You would say the divorce ends if the the. I would say the plain the plain meaning of scripture is if somebody commits adultery on their spouse, they have a biblical right to be divorced. Okay, and at that moment they're divorced. They have a I don't I don't think they necessarily should in permission. every case, but I think they have permission. Okay, so at right. that point. All right. As Derek, Paul would say, everything is permissible, but not everything okay. is beneficial. Derek, when, I when is the divorce final? The divorce is final when there is no longer a possibility of redeeming, reconciling saving that marriage because there are instances in which couples separate and yet for a period of time maybe even longer than a year something happens one of them comes to know the lord you know there's a softening of the heart there and they are able to put the marriage back together again with the help of christ that that's happened before so i would say that at the point at which neither one of them is willing or able to reconcile at all. So you're that's, saying, so, so he's subjective. So he's, that's I, not subjective. Yes, it is. He's leaving the door open but he, for a redemptive but, but thing to happen. But he, how are you going to know and that? I'll push, back, I'll push back on both of you in a second. I, I agree with Dennis. I think the church comes alongside of the state because of the, the legal issues when it comes to the house, the car, me as a pastor, I don't, I don't have the. That's above my pay grade in the sense of the legality of that's that. That's subjective. Stuff. It could be, but here's the thing. So it depends on what country. So you're if in. abandonment, right? Abandonment is is a reason for divorce, right? What if a husband 
feels as though his wife has abandoned him, even though they're in the same house. That has, she's that, not you having hear sex. That all, she's not exactly. having sex. You hear they, that all the they're time. abandoned. I got need. But here's the problem, right? He's divorced because the abandonment happened. He feels in his mind, we're divorced. I can move on. The woman doesn't know it. <laughs> woman comes back. What? Well, he's cheating on me. Well, no, we're, we've been divorced. Because you abandoned me. I, that's not a what it what if Mary, it's not but that's the problem with the idea of of what if subjective yeah but part. but we do the same thing in salvation too though don't we you don't know when the moment of salvation is there's there's a, a mystery there, there so, is. so if marriage is a spiritual thing then there's it's a mystery, a mystery there also what, yes but the mystery, of course, like when, when does somebody become, become married one, the well, two become one flesh well let's 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 go a little bit further let's go a little bit further then, then since we've all defined when we would do, uh, we we would what how we define divorce when divorce occurs. So then the question is when would we allow for remarriage? And obviously, I think for myself, I know that if a husband cheated on the wife, I wouldn't remarry the husband unless there was some significant repentance. And I don't even know if I'd do it then because his reason for divorce, he didn't have one. Right, he cheated on his wife. So the question is, is when can you remarry? If a couple, they come to you and say, hey, we've we've come to this point that we believe in God's eyes that we're divorced. Will you, and, and I'm no longer with him, I want to marry this guy. Would you marry them? Would you marry them without the state saying it's a divorce? If, if they're not divorced in the state's eye, right? They haven't gone through that process. They're still married in the state's eye. They come to you and say, hey, listen, uh, we're divorced. There's adultery. Um, we, we, in our hearts and minds, we're divorced. I'm with this guy. We want to get married. Would you marry us? Would you? Even mm-hmm. though they haven't, nothing with the state's occurred. For, for a long time, I would not do a remarriage under any circumstances, no matter why the divorce might have happened. And you can make an argument, fairly strong one, I think, uh, from Scripture, that that that's tantamount to adultery because the divorce did not really end mm-hmm. the the connection between right. the, the two becoming one flesh. I've since changed my mind. It was it was it was in a very simple <laughs> way to to look at it, but I, I think it's it's not quite as as clear cut. Um, so, you know, if a person before they come in with quote a clean slate, you got two young people, virgins committed to the Lord, whatever. They still going to have to go through counseling right. before they get married. When you got folks that have all this other baggage, and believe you me, they they will, then they're going to have to really have some intensive preparation before I would feel comfortable doing a a remarriage. But I I have since start started doing that in some circumstances. Not everyone, right? But. So Ben, would you? When would you remarry the couple again? Scenario: They feel they're divorced. They haven't gone to the state. They're divorced. Hey, I'm here with my new boyfriend. Will you marry us? Would you do it? I mean, there's a lot of questions of who is this person? Are you equally yoked? What What is your spiritual condition like? You know what I mean? The like, answer to all those is positive. Okay, so like you assume this person, like she is a legitimate Christian. She's walking with the Lord. Uh, she has a clear conscience about this situation with her, what she would consider her former husband. The other guy is a believer. Mm-hmm. 
Um, this is not a rebound relationship that she's getting into six months after her husband cheated on her because she's lonely and she's trying to satisfy her needs uh, for Christ with another man. You assume that all those things are not happening. I think it could be possible. Okay. You know, but I I would be extremely cautious. It would not it would not be like let's have a one-time conversation and right. yeah, let's just do that. I mean, it would be I would want to watch things for a long time like are you guys going to be abstinent for a while? Are you yeah, there's there would just be a lot of questions in my mind. It would not be a slam dunk at all for okay. me of whether to do it or not. There, Ditto. Okay. Same so, thing. So here's the question: If you eventually did it and they still hadn't gone to the state and divorce, you can't. I mean, that's but 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 polygamy. But in y'all's eyes, bigamy. what y'all said, it would be yeah, possible. I don't, I don't think it matters. Okay, so you would be breaking the law. How would I be breaking the law? If they hadn't been divorced, it's against the law to to marry another person. Yeah, but you're not signing a marriage certificate when you do that ceremony. You're not. If they if they're not wanting to change their legal status, then you're, you're okay, doing okay. So you're, you're just talking about you're doing, doing it outside the law. You're doing it on behalf of God, not on behalf of the state, with the power vested in you by God and not the state. Okay, so you would be okay with breaking the law, which you would be. If I had a, if I had a couple in my church come to me right now and say we do not want to be legally married, but we do want to be in a covenant with God, because I, I think that I'm totally fine. Because to I'm them. legally married to this other person. I'm just saying generally, I think that people can be married without the state's approval. In this scenario, because you said divorces, if they feel like it, essentially. Right. Yeah. In this in this case, I think it would be dumb. I don't see why they would do that. I would counsel them against doing something like that. But you like would. That. Do but it. I don't. I don't see. Would a you do reason it? Not to. Oh gosh. Because <laughs> <laughs> you would be breaking the law. Just say no. <laughs> how, how would you be breaking the law? Because they're still married to another person. By the power of the state that gives you the ability to do that in the state, you would be breaking the law. So then you're, you're saying that like all of these people that are married that cheat on their spouse are breaking the law when they do that. No, 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 no. You're missing it. What I'm saying is, is you're you were saying that the state has nothing to do with divorce. Okay, this couple's married. They they are married in the eyes of God and in the state. Okay, right. They then. There's an adultery committed, okay? You're saying that through this process, without the state, that they can be divorced without the state. They come to you, or the, one of the parties comes to you with another person and says, we want you to marry us. You go through this process, and you marry them, even though by the state of North Carolina, they're married to someone else. You would say that's okay. Yes, because marriage is a religious institution. But you would be breaking the law. Not really. I wouldn't be breaking the law. Because he's not going to sign a marriage. Right. I'm not marrying them legally. I'm marrying them spiritually. It's two different things. Which I would not do, but I do understand the the argument. Yeah, there's a distinction. It's a consistency of a wrong approach. So, (laughs) (laughs) Derek, what about you? No, I'm, I'm... It's the literals. It's the all millennials versus the dispensation. Yeah, I would on the in in that situation, I would defer to the state's judgment and say, "Yeah, you're not. I'm I'm not I'm not crossing the the line there that's been drawn legally, even though we could do the spiritual ceremony or whatever. Uh, we need to defer to the law of the land on that one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
So Ben's the only one wrong here tonight. So no, kidding. well, we'll pray over him. But uh, but I I know this is a difficult topic, and it's one that for me personally that I haven't really dug much into in, in thinking wise. But but two questions: number one, that I want you to think for yourself, and we'd love to hear comments, uh, make comments on this: is when is a divorce final biblically, um, and when would you be able to remarry? And um, again. Difficult topics. We hope that a topic that we never have to encounter, but I'm afraid we will. And um, but uh, be thinking on that before we end. And I don't know why this popped into my mind, but as we were talking about the chapel, I thought if we could just end this with Chris Eastep doing an Elvis impersonation, <laughs> crying, crying in the chapel, that would just be the consummate way to conclude this. Oh, God bless. You can continue the conversation online by visiting us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the number four horsemen. Don't forget to tell your friends and enemies about the podcast and be sure to subscribe and review. They look at me funny when I talk like I got a speech impediment. Homie, check my passport. Heaven, I'm a resident. Like a conscious rapper, but do more than master president. I see brothers coughing, so I hit them with the medicine. On the other side, they say their grass is greener. Seen the forecast. Man, they callin' for Katrina.